Business Women Rock, Episode 9. Ladies, it's time to rock. Welcome to the Business Women Rock Podcast, where we get down and dirty with the world's most incredible business women. Inspire your journey by listening to theirs. And now, here's your host, Katie Kremitzos. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Business Women Rock podcast. If you've been listening for a while and you've been a fan, thank you so much for being here. I really, really am humbled by your loyalty and by your support of this community. If you're brand new and this is the first episode that you happen to stumble upon, then I thank you for coming by. You're really in for a great treat because all we do here at the Business Women Rock podcast is shine the light on really awesome and super smart business women who have had incredible business stories and talk about their journeys with authenticity and vulnerability in a way that really gives you information to take home so that you can use it in your own business and you can use it to light your own fire. So welcome. When it comes to using social media to effectively market your business, it comes down to creating the perfect strategy and executing with focus. And no one knows this better than the team at Kim Media Strategies. Go to Kim Media Strategies, that's with one M, kimmediastrategies.com forward slash BWR. My guest today is Amy Clover, who's the founder of Strong Inside Out. She's a great example of a woman who's taken times in her life that were really bad and really rock bottom and totally turned it around to create something huge and totally empowering. She's passionate about fitness, she's a blogger, and she's a rock star businesswoman. So sit back, turn up the volume, it's time to rock. Thanks so much for being on the show. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so, so stoked to share your story with everyone because it's such a unique story and such a powerful story. So I really want to start with how you even got into fitness in the first place. Why did you develop an interest in it? Uh, that's funny. That's, it's a kind of a funny story because I got into it almost by accident. Um, I got into it for the wrong reasons. It was after I had had a very low point with depression and obsessive compulsive disorder. And I got into it because I felt like I needed to lose a few pounds and I wanted to be supermodel skinny. Very honestly, that's how I got into it. But then I started to realize how it affected my mind and how strong it made me feel inside and outside of the gym. So I started um, working out with mantras in mind and really taking that strength and letting it embody my whole life, letting it translate past the gym. So that was really how I came to fall in love with fitness and uh, become a personal trainer. And you have kind of a deep story as to why even getting into fitness and saying those mantras was really so powerful for you and really transformative of how you really approach life, right? Yeah, definitely. i I've basically was diagnosed in high school with clinical depression and obsessive compulsive disorder, which isn't a wonderful mix. If you're going to choose some, don't choose those. Um, so one fed the other. And there's this whole taboo around talking about any kind of vulnerability. And if you express that you're in pain or you're hurting or you're struggling, it's weakness. And so in high school, when everybody's going after everyone for the littlest, tiniest things, I didn't want to make that another thing. So I just never talked about it. I never faced it and hardly anybody knew about it. So I kept it inside and kept it inside. But 
the things I was going through needed to be let out, um, just like everybody else's, no matter if it's depression or, or just anxiety or just stress or whatever. It needs to come out, and the more it festers inside of you, the worse it gets. So it got to me to a point where I just didn't want to fight it anymore, and I actually tried to end it. And I got thrown into a hospital, which is where I started uh, realizing what life can really be like if you have no choices. So in the hospital, you eat at a certain time, you sleep at a certain time, you take medication, you don't have a say whether you take medication or not. I had all these choices to at least try to change in my real life that I'd never even tried to do. I just thought that since this was a life sentence and since people told me that it would be like this my whole entire life, that it just would be. And I never tried for myself to prove the otherwise. So when I got out, I actually started trying. I found fitness by accident and that really helped me hold on to a lot of the cognitive behavioral therapy techniques that I was working on with my therapist. And that's how I rose out of the depression and Honestly, it's clinical, so it does come back every so often. It is a chemical imbalance, but now I know how to deal with it. Now I know how to put a cap on it so it doesn't take over my entire life because I just won't let it win anymore. That's really powerful. And so you really used fitness to be like a stronghold for you in order to get you out of that and, and utilize that as a really positive personal development tool. Yeah, it was my saving grace for sure. And so you became really obsessed with being able to help other people do that as well. And you started becoming uh, a personal trainer and you had a personal training business. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that was like building up your personal training business? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's really no joke. I had a really great support system when I started because I started it and I knew I didn't want to start just on my own. I needed a little bit of help. So I went to a corporate gym, actually. It was Equinox. And I went and they had this amazing uh, system for teaching their trainers, for, for educating their trainers. So I learned so much there. And there were just these amazing trainers that became mentors of mine there as well. And they were they're big proponents of you continuing your education throughout your, your entire career there. So I learned the best about business and about, um, or running my own personal training business, I guess, as well as anatomy and the science behind nutrition and that kind of stuff. So I got all the education there. And then um, I started getting so busy on my own outside of the gym that I realized I had to choose. So I leaped into my own personal training business. And luckily for me, it worked out. And I, I well, I didn't really give myself a choice for it not to work out. I made, <laughs> I, I made it happen. But um, yeah, so that's how it was just like a lot of floor hours, which is basically in any business, you have floor hours. You put in the time where you call the people, you you send out the emails, you you do the cold calling kind of stuff. And it in the end, it pays off, but it really sucks in the in the ramping up of it. So I'm sure that's like a lot of your businesses out there. Yeah, a lot of the hustling, right? Yeah, tons of hustling. And what was one of the biggest lessons that you learned during that that time of hustling and building up your clientele? the biggest lessons of uh, hustling and just building it up is that you can't be afraid to ask for the sale. And I still am. That's the thing. I learned that lesson, but I still am a lot of the time as I feel like a lot of women are. Um, and I feel like that's a constant struggle with us. Whenever we need something, we have to ask for it. We can't just count on other people to instinctively know what we need. And we need to really just be open and honest and, and give so that we can take at the same time. So when did this idea of strong inside out come from? Um, that began, um, as my site, which is my blog now, um, 
So I started my blog, Strong Inside Out, about almost almost three years ago now. And I started it just as a general fitness blog. And I didn't really know, know my unique selling proposition, I guess, my USP when I started um, until people started finding my about page which is what really resonated with people. It wasn't my my posts about fitness. It wasn't my personal trainery tips. It was the fact that I had come out of, that I had risen out of this really dark place and this really anxious place that people were so scared to talk about. So I started concentrating more on that and how fitness has to do with the mental state and um, that kind of stuff. And that's how Strong Inside Out grew to be what it is. It's, it's a combination of unleashing your strong both inside and out. And did you have an idea when you started writing this blog? Did you have a business model in mind or were you just kind of writing? I was just kind of writing at the be beginning. I had no plans to monetize whatsoever. I didn't know that it would become a business. I just was having fun with it at the very beginning, honestly. At what point did you start making that transition into making it more about your story and empowering others instead of just, here's the five tips on how to lose weight this week? I think it was actually, it only took me about six months to start incorporating more of that empowerment through fitness. Not, maybe not even six months. It was pretty quick because it was pretty apparent very, very early on that the story was what was driving people to the site. And how did you build your audience? Um, I did quite a few guest posts. Other fitness bloggers, other personal development bloggers really helped me a lot. Um, but again, I, I got over my fear of you know, asking for help. So, um, that helped a lot, but it really hit its, um, its big increase when I, I launched the 30 by 30 project. Well, and we're going to talk about that in a second, because that is such a huge part of what you're doing right now. And really the area that your business is going into and a really cool project, but I really want to finish up this conversation about blogging because there are so many of our listeners that keep hearing like you got to blog and you can make money blogging and these professional bloggers. And I think sometimes maybe a lot of us sit here and go, well, how do you actually monetize a blog? How do you just write? And people come, you know, and want to devour this incredible information that you're giving. And how do you actually monetize that? What other strategies did you use to be able to get people there? And then how did you monetize that? Getting people to my site is not what I, how I try to monetize. I try to offer as much value as I possibly can through products, courses, and coaching. Um, that's how I monetize. I don't run any ads on my site. I don't take sponsored posts. If I do have a guest blogger on my site, it's usually somebody I've been friends with and who I admire their work for a, a quite a long time. It's, it's very rare that I'll have somebody post on my site that is selling something. And if they are selling something, it's something that I have seen and I approve and I, I agree that it should get out there in the world. But I think if you're going into starting a blog, purely to make money. There are a lot of other ways that you can make a lot more money really fast because I would not take that route if I were you, just honestly. It takes it takes a while unless you want to do some shady things um, to start making money, especially if you want to establish trust with your audience. If you start like offer, selling them right from the start, unless it's something like some uh, a marketing-driven blog or a product-driven blog, then um, it's very hard to increase your readership and keep them. Um, otherwise, they're just gonna you know opt in, get the free giveaway, and, and go away. I would say if if you are trying to start a blog of your own and you are interested in monetizing, that's something you really believe in that you're going to be writing about. Then I would start with a product, 
something that adds value to the people who are going to be reading. Uh, that's where I would really start. I haven't read this book, but everybody around me is talking about it right now. But Jab, Jab, Right Hook. Mm-hmm. Or, Gary Vaynerchuk. Jab, yes, Jab, Jab, Jab. I don't know how many jabs are in there, but there are more jabs than there are hooks. Um, so you have to you have to give, 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 sell. Like you have to give more than you're selling. Otherwise, people probably will not want to buy from you. And it sounds like that's the attitude with which you've you know taken to your website from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Talk to us about your 30 by 30 campaign. You launched this back in 2013 and tell us a little bit about what it was all about, how it, how you even came up with that idea and what's been happening. All these people around me were doing these amazing things, just amazing things. People were walking across the country for charity. People were building schools in Guatemala and these were friends of mine. And I was like, I can be doing something so much bigger than what I'm doing right now. And I just was aching to do something bigger than myself and help more people than I was helping at the moment. And so I thought with the skill sets that I had, which was training, I, I knew how to teach boot camps and the people I wanted to help, which was largely about the kids who didn't know that their life could be different. The kids that thought that their life would be lived in depression for the rest of their lives. So um, the suicidal kids, I really wanted to help them by doing something and make it massive. So I decided that to celebrate the 30th birthday that I almost didn't have, that I actually just had, I would travel to 30 cities across the U.S. and Canada, teaching a boot camp in each city that would raise money for this amazing suicide prevention charity called To Write Love on Her Arms. And um, so I did that. I established an Indiegogo campaign, which is basically like Kickstarter. It's a crowdfunding platform, but they accept money for charitable projects. And I raised over $18,000 on that platform to do this tour. And then I raised thousands more dollars for this um, for this amazing charity throughout the tour. And that was done this last the the spring and summer of 2013. And I'm very happy to announce that this year, this summer, we're doing another strong inside out tour. It won't be 30 cities, but it, it'll be, um, I want to make each boot camp more massive and more, more uh, beneficial for the charity. Now, there are two things that I want to focus on. The first is I want to talk about that crowdfunding campaign. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who either have heard about it and want to do it or have done it and maybe not been as successful as they have wanted to be. So can you talk a little bit about what strategy you use to actually get the word out and get investors to come in and and donate money? Yeah, I think that was the... I mean, I've always been afraid to ask for the sell like we just talked about. And um, when I was going into this, I knew that I would need help. I would need tons of help. And I finally just said to myself, you know what? It's not just about me anymore with this project. And I'm not just doing this for myself. And when you're doing it for somebody else, when you're doing it for people who really need your help, it's so much easier to go out and say, I really need your help. Can you help me with this? Just asking flat out, can you help me with this? And you'd be really surprised when you're doing something that benefits so many other people, how many people are on board immediately. 
So I asked tons of other bloggers to help me get the word out. I asked people around me that I knew. I asked family um, to all help me get the word out. And luckily for me, I had a wonderful friend who's very, very talented direct a pitch video for my crowdfunding campaign, which is where I told people about my story. And he's a wonderful, just a director and producer. And he put it together in such a way that it was just, it was really beautiful. He got some great shots. And then I had a wonderful editor at my side too, who put that together for me. And the director slash producer did it for me in exchange for me shooting a Nike spec commercial for him. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll trade you that, I guess. You know, pull my arm. Um, And then my editor uh, traded for me for personal training sessions. So I, I really lucked out with that kind of stuff. That actually went a bit viral, which really helped me a lot as well. And people were adamant about it because, again, when people realize that people are starting to talk about depression and suicide, they're like, oh, my gosh, somebody's actually talking about it. It's safe for me to talk about it now, too. So giving a voice to that that side of things. What advice would you give to any business owner out there or anyone who's looking to start a crowdfunding campaign through Indiegogo and Kickstarter? What's some advice that you would give to anyone who wants to do that? I would recommend to do tons of research. Look up uh, Google Seth Godin Kickstarter. There are tons of, uh, tons of, actually, there are a few articles that have a ton of information within them. And he, he, looks at it very systematically and breaks it down, which was great. I read all of Indiegogo's advice about how to do a new crowdfunding campaign. Uh, get a really good video if you can. If you can, go with video. I highly recommend going with video over just the image because um, you have a choice of either doing an image or a video. People want to know who you are. They want to know who they're giving the money to and just break it down as much as possible. Show them exactly where the money's going to be going. Give them a pie chart. Tell them why they should donate to you. Tell them what they're going to get and come up with some genius perks that will help a lot so that when people give to you, when they donate to you, they get something awesome in return. Those are really great suggestions. How long did the actual 30 by 30 take? Um, in all, I did the majority of the stops between March and May, middle of May. And then I did a few around California or Southern California um, in May. And then I did my final one, which was in Portland in conjunction with the World Domination Summit, which is a wonderful conference. And that was in July. So technically, most of it was done within two and a half months, March through May, and then just a couple afterwards. And what do you think that one of your biggest challenges was to actually doing that? Because that's a very different business than being a personal trainer and having clients or even running a Kickstarter campaign or an Indiegogo campaign. That's an entirely different business model to actually roll out with the logistics of creating a very successful round the nation tour, if you will. So what were your biggest challenges in the 30 by 30 campaign? I think my biggest challenge that I didn't really realize until I was done was that because I came from the personal training business where you can do it all on your own, I tried to do all of this all on my own. And man, it it did not work out well for me to try to do it all on my own. I actually ended up asking a friend of mine who helped me get 
um, reach out to locations for the 30 by 30 tour stops. And she ended up helping me quite a bit throughout the the whole process. And uh, I know this year is different in that way because I realized I couldn't do it all on my own again. I didn't want to do all the, the work finding the locations and then finding out that they're not doing any promotion. So this year I'm reaching out to local partners to bring me to their city. So I'm asking them, who can I ask for sponsorship to bring me out because I'm not doing crowdfunding this year? Who, you know, what communities are you attached to that could maybe come out and support? And I'm making it a blanket $10 donation fee just to take the boot camp because I think that's cheap enough where people would just jump at the chance, but not so cheap where we wouldn't make anything for, for everybody. So actually, that said, if you want me to come to your city, please feel free to reach out to me on stronginsideout.com and let me know because I'm still looking for uh, partnerships in each city here. Well, I'm hoping that you make a stop down in Tampa. I would love to come take a boot camp with you. Oh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Oh, that's excellent. What were some of your biggest successes along the road? I feel like I had a lot of successes, actually. Not to, you know, sound um, pompous about it, but I feel like I, I really found out that I could that something like this was possible. I learned that that people are so willing to help if if you're doing something that will help a lot of other people. People really genuinely do want to make a difference in other people's lives. So people will jump at the chance to help, which is wonderful. And yeah, and I my biggest lesson again is just don't try to do it all on your own. Ask for help. People want to help you. So just be willing to take it and be willing to ask for it. So I want to know, you have this blog where you're selling product and you're selling some services. You now ran this 30 by 30 campaign, which you're going to do again in 2014. What is your business model and how does your company in all of these different aspects actually generate revenue? Business model. Actually, I wrote a post on this a few months ago called The Giver Business Model. So what I really try to do is what we actually talked about kind of at the beginning is that I really try to offer as much value as possible and I try not to sell too often. And when I do, it's something that coordinates with, you know, with my audience, what they really need. So like right now, I'm offering a one month guided challenge, which is three emails a week. And I'm spending a lot of time putting this together as well as Google Hangouts once every week. And it's a goal setting challenge and it's completely free. Because every so often I really want to offer, I want, I want to help people change their lives without having to ask for a sell, but really gaining trust and really building this community. Because when you have people that are in this community that are loyal and just all about, just adamant about this community growing, they will help get the word out for you. It's like word of mouth marketing. So um, that's kind of what the giver business model is. It's just give, give, give. You recently left your personal training business. Can you can you share with us a, a little bit about how you ch- you are going to divert that energy and that time into what you're growing out now? Like what sort of ideas and concepts and new things do you have coming up? Oh, so much. It's, it's really exciting, actually. Because um, when I was at my personal training business, the reason why I had to leave it was not because I wasn't enjoying it, because I actually really loved it and I miss all my people. But both were suffering. When I went in and trained my, my clients, I was exhausted or I wasn't fully present with them or I wasn't giving them I- enough attention outside of their personal training one-on-one at, um, sessions. And then Strong Inside Out, I... I was just, I wasn't writing the best quality posts. I was repeating information. I was, um, I wasn't able to create any kind of 
value within the, the products I was trying to build up. So I just wouldn't release them. So I wasn't really making as much money as, as I could have been. So when I left, I knew that because of after what the 30 by 30 did in raising this awareness around this hope movement and hope through movement that I needed to devote more attention to that because it was helping more people than I could one-on-one. I'm spending a lot of energy really trying to give more specific uh, value to strongies, which are strong and set out readers, and um, developing products that address their need. And I'm spending a lot of time on trying to uh, get am- amplify this hope movement, trying to get the word out about this mental fortitude through getting your body moving. So um, I'm doing some speaking this year. I'm also teaching at uh, multiple international retreats this year. And um, I'm also uh, looking into starting my own retreat, um, which I'm really excited about. That's one of my big, big goals. And I'm also doing the tour this year. And that's going to be happening in a much more organized fashion. So I have a lot more time to devote to all of that and still not enough. So Amy, what would you say some of your lowest moments have been over these past couple of years of your business? And how have you how have you picked yourself back up from those moments? I think some of the lowest points happened before I had the idea for the 30 by 30 campaign because I just didn't know what I was doing with it. I just felt kind of lost and I didn't know if it was something worth continuing. I knew that a lot of people were getting inspired and motivated from my posts, but I didn't know, you know, how to help them beyond that. I didn't know how to get out there. And I wanted so badly to be there with them and be be able to tell them in person that it wasn't a lie, that I wasn't making this stuff up and to show them that they could do it too. And it wasn't until I had that idea for the 30 by 30 that I could do that. And then also the decision that I had to leave my personal training business was a very hard one because I've grown so close to all my personal training clients, I had a really good retention rate. So most of my people had been with me for years. So telling them that I was A, leaving my personal training business and B, moving cities, because I did both at the same time, was really difficult. And it was a really, um, it was, it, brought up a lot of those, you know, those questions of, am I making the right choice? Am I making the right move? But when I think of what I really want, and when I think of those core desires of mine, I know strong inside out is where I need to be. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the worst mistakes that you've made in this journey so far? (laughs) Maybe just a little anecdote or two about some of those mistakes and what you've learned from them and how your business has actually grown because of them some of the worst mistakes boil down to not being very clear with what I am expecting or with what I need, especially along the tour. Uh, If I was not uh, clear with the fact that I expected them to promote, sometimes locations didn't and I showed up and no one was there. And I was like, I just stayed here for three days. (laughs) Um, So that was difficult and that was a big learning lesson. Um, But I sure did learn my lesson. And I think, I don't know, I this is going to sound so corny, but I really don't think of mistakes being mistakes. I really do think of them being lessons like, oh, okay, sure, I won't do that again. But this taught me that I'll act like this from now on. So I feel like a lot of the things that I've done that kind of fizzled out were actually lessons. What do you do to keep yourself sharp and really always thinking ahead, you know, working on top of your business? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. I surround myself with the people that I want to, 
that I want to be more like that really encourage and support me to be the best person, like business person, charitable person, any kind of person um, possible. And um, I do talk to a lot of my friends who are in the blogging space and are doing very well for themselves. And and I'm starting to be better at asking them for more help, though I still need help with that area. My husband yells at me about that, but I, I am getting better at that. But yeah, I, I, I do a lot of brainstorming with people and it really helps to have a husband who's in the online space as well because he helps me a lot with that. What books have you read that have had a really profound effect on how you move forward in your company? I read um, Spark, the revolutionary uh, new science of exercise and the brain. That it's a mouthful saying that all. Um, but it really drove everything that I had been suspecting home for me as far as aerobic exercise and the effects on the brain and how it can relieve stress, anxiety, depression, all of those things. So it really put the science behind um, behind it. So I, I knew more exactly what I was talking about, which was great. And actually, Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth helped me become more present. It helped me realize when my brain is creating drama and there really is none there. It's just trying to get attention. (laughs) So that really helped me take a more logical approach, but also a more present centered approach so that I could be in my business and act more from the heart because really that's all strong inside out is about. It's just acting from the heart. So what do you think one of the biggest surprises that you've encountered uh, as a business owner have been? Actually, very honestly, the success that I've had with Strong Inside Out was a surprise. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to do so well. Um, and I wasn't expecting the 30 by 30 tour to really be funded. I wasn't expecting to be able to finish that tour. I wasn't expecting people to really, I don't know, I think it comes from the world of acting because I used to be in the acting world for a while and you get rejected, you get rejected and you get rejected and it's all personal and not at the same time. So coming from that career and into one that's so open and welcoming and supportive was just all a surprise to me. It was mind blowing. So everything like that was a surprise, I guess. After this whole journey of taking something so personal and allowing it to really create something really beautiful and empowering and a whole program with a lot of different opportunities for people to really connect, what is your big vision for Strong Inside Out? My vision is to amplify this message of raising hope through movement even more than I am right now. I really want to do more speaking. I want to raise the voice of everyone out there who's staying silent. And I want to just tear away these, these walls and these limits that people place upon themselves, um, saying that I can't do this because blah, blah, blah said this was a life sentence. And so I might as well not fight. I want to inject the fight back into people so that they can realize the life that they are capable of living. And lastly, Amy, I want to conclude with what advice would you give to our listeners when they're in their really tough moments of running their companies and find themselves really knocked down, what kind of advice would you give to them? I think I'd give the same advice to them as I would to any of my virtual training clients. I would say, remember why you're in it in the first place. You're doing this for a reason and it's got to be important to you. I actually have a a free worksheet on my site and I'll I'll send it over to you. So if you want to include it in the show notes and um, whenever you're faced with something, um, that's really difficult and you're trying to justify your way out of taking those actions you know you need to take, I have this worksheet that's called What's Really Important and it grounds you again in in 
your why and what you really want out of life instead of say, you know, because we can all justify away, you know, why you shouldn't be eating healthy, why you shouldn't be, you know, putting in those extra hours after your day job to create that ideal career that you want to create. And hopefully this, this worksheet will help you uh, remind yourself of why and start taking action. So just always, always remember that there's a reason for this. And if you keep going, you'll make it. Amy, I really sincerely want to thank you for sharing your very powerful story with us here today. You are absolutely a fighter. And um, I'm just, I'm so amazed and really proud of you for being able to inject others with that fighting mentality, because the more fighters we have, the more, the stronger everyone is together. So thank you so much for the, for the movement that you've created and for the great business that you're building and for sharing that with us today. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. Thank you. And ladies, let's fight for it. Wow. From attempting suicide to leading a movement, that was Amy Clover. If you got something great out of this that really connected with you, then go leave a comment on the show notes for Amy at bizwomenrock.com. That's B-I-Z, womenrock.com. And if you really loved what you heard and you've been liking the shows, I would really appreciate a rating on iTunes or in Stitcher Radio. It really helps us get this platform and these women's stories out to a larger and larger audience. So thank you for listening to Amy's story today. And thank you for coming and being a part of the Business Women Rock community. Keep it rocking.